Good morning. I'm Emily Schultz. I'm one of the pastors here at New Denver. Happy New Year to everyone. I love this time of year. I love that we have a built-in rhythm in our calendar that says every 12 months we get a new start. The old is gone, a new chapter has begun. There's just this freshness about January that allows and even invites us to reprioritize and refocus on what's really important and to set goals to make changes that'll make our lives even better. It's easy to lose sight once we're into the grind of a new year on what's important, but then January comes along again and we get another chance. So at New Denver, we decided that we wanted to do something special to kickstart 2021. We wanted to do something that would be really fun, really practical, something different than we've ever done before, and something that we could do all together. So we asked ourselves, what is an area of our lives that could use a reset? And we decided to focus the first six weeks of this year on resetting our relationships. So today we're starting this new series called The Five Love Languages. Now, I know we're probably all over the board when it comes to our knowledge of the five love languages. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about when I use that phrase, and others might have no idea. So today will just be an intro to get everyone on the same page um, with what the five love languages are, um, just the, the big ideas and the terminology that we'll need to be familiar with for the rest of this series. Um, so it's like five love languages 101 today. And we're going to do it FAQ style. So let's tackle some frequently asked questions of the five love languages. Uh, this is our first question. When you say the five love languages, are you referring to a book? Yes, this book. The Five Love Languages is a book by Dr. Gary Chapman. It was first published in 1992. It's sold over 12 million copies. Um, it's been translated into 50 languages, and it's been on the New York Times bestsellers list since 2007. Cool book. All right, next question. Where did the idea for the Five Love Languages come from? The idea came from Dr. Chapman's clinical experience as a marriage counselor. So Gary Chapman, Dr. Gearbear, as I like to sometimes call him in my head, started out his career as a marriage counselor, and he would have all these clients, and he started to notice that a lot of people's complaints about their marriages sound eerily similar. So one spouse would say something like, I don't feel like my spouse loves me at all. And then the other one would say, are you kidding me? I feel like I'm trying so hard. I'm doing everything I know how to do, and yet they still don't feel loved? And so he started asking himself this question. When someone says, I don't feel like my spouse loves me at all, what is it that they actually want? What more are they looking for? And so as he studied his clients and he poured over years and years of session notes, he recognized that their answers seemed to fall into five categories. And he ended up calling these the five love languages. So what is a love language? Here's what a love language is. A love language is simply a way to express love. So just like we use a language like English to express our ideas and communicate our ideas to other people, we use a love language to express or communicate our love to other people. And even if you aren't familiar with the book or the actual five love languages, the phrase love language has become common in our culture and we use it to describe all kinds of things that we think communicate love. So here are some examples. Maybe you've seen some of these before or others like them. First one, my love language is chocolate. True. Next, my love language is cheese. Also true. Sarcasm is my love language. 
Pizza is my love language. Now I'm just making you hungry. I promise I'll stop. My love language is silence and isolation. That's not my love language, but maybe that sounds good to you. And finally, there's a sixth love language. It's called letting me sleep in. Now that one is spot on. Okay, so none of these are really love languages, but the idea is not that far off. A language is a means of expression or communication, and a love language is a way to express or communicate love. Here's another question. What is a love tank? So this is an important term in Dr. Gerber's discussion of love languages. He uses the metaphor that everyone comes with a built-in love tank, like a tank of gas, and that when your tank is full, you feel really loved, but when your love tank gauge is on empty, you don't feel loved. And this is a bit of a side note, but it's an important dynamic to keep in mind that Gary describes when it comes to romantic relationships in particular. So at the beginning of a romantic relationship, when a couple falls in love, filling each other's love tanks is easy, almost effortless. However, he argues that the euphoric in love experience only lasts about two years max, and then a couple has to decide what to do. Many couples break up once they find they've moved past the in-love experience. The rose-colored glasses fall off. They don't like the more realistic picture they see of their partner, and they move on. Maybe you've even experienced this in a past relationship. In order to stay in a relationship past the in-love phase, a couple has to move into the real love phase of their relationship. And this is the second phase. It's where the rest of the relationship will live. It's a phase that requires more effort but produces more reward. And this is the phase where filling each other's love tanks requires conscious, intentional decisions to show love. Now, this leads us to a really important question. Are love languages just for couples? No, absolutely not. It is true that Gary's first book, The Five Love Languages, was originally written for couples. However, since it was published almost 30 years ago, people have discovered that the five love languages apply to all human relationships across the board. They aren't just for marriage or romantic relationships. He's since written versions of this book for single adults, teens, kids, and more. He even has a book about love languages in the workplace and another book about how God speaks the love languages and how we can speak them back to him in our worship of him. So everyone wants to be loved. Everyone has a love tank. Everyone gives and receives love through the five love languages. So as we go through this series, when I say relationships, I don't want you just to think romantic relationships narrowly. I want you to keep in mind all of the most important relationships in your life. So whether that's relationships with family, friends, roommates, coworkers, think about the people who you spend the most time with or you're closest to. Keep in mind all those relationships, okay? All right. Why are love languages important? So much miscommunication happens when people are speaking two different languages. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone, but you only knew one language and they only knew a different language and you end up drawing pictures or grunting or pointing, but you still have no idea really what the other one's trying to say? Okay, the worst is when one person in the conversation just starts speaking louder, their own language, but louder. Have you guys noticed that? I've gotten such secondhand embarrassment from people that I notice trying to do this. It's awful. And I feel like it's only English speakers who use this tactic, if I'm being real. 
Anyway, trying to express love in a relationship can be similar to trying to have a conversation with someone when you only speak English and they only speak Swahili. This is likely why you've experienced miscommunication, disconnection, tension, maybe even strained or failed relationships in the past. When you're not on the same wavelength, when you're trying to love someone in one love language, but they can't receive it, or they're trying to love you in a different love language, but you can't receive it, you end up just both feeling frustrated and disconnected. And it's even more frustrating because you feel like you're trying really hard to love this person. Isn't it wild that you can feel like you're working really hard to love someone and yet they don't feel loved? When we learn the five love languages, we become aware of, one, how we best receive love, and then two, how the most important people in our lives best receive love. And this clears up so much potential miscommunication. We can better love and be loved when we know the five love languages. All right, here's a good one. What is a primary love language? So just like everyone has a native language that they speak, everyone has a native or primary or default love language as well. There will be one love language out of the five that you resonate with the most. The others are nice, but if this one is missing, you'd feel it. And if the people closest to you can learn to speak your one primary love language, you're going to feel so loved. And if they sprinkle in the others, that's like icing on the cake. However, if they don't learn to speak your primary love language, you won't feel loved. Even if they speak all of the others, you won't feel loved. This is why figuring out your primary love language is so crucial. It allows the most important people in your life to love you in the way that you can best receive their love. Now, even though we each have a default, that doesn't mean you're off the hook for learning all the others. We need to learn how to speak all five love languages, especially so that we can show love to those around us in the languages they best receive our love. And some of the languages will come more easily to you, or some might be awkward or difficult at first, especially if you didn't grow up receiving love in that way. But all of them can be learned with a little effort, and all of them are important. All right, next question. Is the primary language you give and receive love in the same? Usually. This is interesting. Gerber has found that 75% of the time, the language that you best receive love in is also the language that you default in giving love to others. However, 25% of the time, that's not the case, and a person receives and gives love in two different primary love languages. All right, this is a big one. Are the five love languages biblical? Yes and no. <laughs> now, let's start with the no, and before you close your laptop in my face or turn off this YouTube stream, let me explain. If your question is, can I look in the index of my Bible and find somewhere that says the five love languages, the answer is no. It's not there. There's no category for it. The Bible does not refer to love languages. You can look. It doesn't exist. And that may make this sermon series feel really different than ones that you've heard before. We're not going to be walking through a book of the Bible or even looking at lengthy passages of scripture. Gary Chapman is a Christian, but he doesn't even quote much scripture in his book. And actually, when he does, he doesn't usually explicitly say it's from the Bible. He'll give a quote and then call it an ancient proverb or something like that. And that's really intentional on his part. He writes his books to be accessible to a larger audience and not just to Christians. So if your question is, can I find the phrase, the love languages somewhere in my Bible? The answer is no. 
But if instead your question is, is learning about and practicing the five love languages rooted in the truth of scripture, the answer is yes. Absolutely yes. The reason for even caring about love languages in the first place and the reason we want to do this series is that over and over and over again in scripture, we are called to love one another. And I know you know this, but just in case you need this reminder today, here are just a few examples of places we're called to love one another. This is from Matthew 22. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Or here's Jesus again. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Paul picks up where Jesus left off. Here's Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. And here's Paul again in 1 Thessalonians. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And it's not just Jesus and Paul. Here's Peter, one of Jesus' disciples and best friends. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Or John, another one of Jesus' disciples and best friends. He has a lot to say about love. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Dear friends, let us... Love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to. Good job. No one has ever seen God, but if we. Good job. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And finally, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we. I'm assuming that you're saying it along with me. Are you saying it along with me at home? I can't tell. Now I feel like I'm on blues clues. Okay, but we get it. We good? I can stop now? Great. We know that God wants people to love one another. That is crystal clear in scripture. What the five love languages shows us is that sometimes we don't know how. We try. We give our best effort. And sometimes it's not enough. We need a tool to shed some insight in our relationship, something to help us see what's not working, something that can encourage us towards a new way of loving that might be more effective. Because it's not about loving people more. It's not about conjuring up more loving feelings towards someone. It's about loving people more intentionally, loving them better. That's what makes someone's love tank fill up when we love them in a way that they can best receive our love. So the point of this series is to ask the question, how can I actually tangibly love the people closest to me better this year? If we want to be more loving, let's start there with the most important people in our lives. And if we step back and think about it, isn't this something we all want? Don't you want the most important people in your life to feel loved by you? And don't you want them to know how to love you really well too? I'll say it again, the point of this series is not to invoke greater feelings of love, but to intentionally discern and begin to practice how to better love the people closest to us in ways that they can receive our love. 
Loving others remains the goal. This is what Jesus told us to do. The love languages are just one practical tool to help us as we figure out how. Okay, now I bet some of you are sitting at home like, I'm tracking, I'm tracking, but please, will somebody just tell me, what are the five love languages? I don't want to give too much away because we'll spend the next five weeks diving into each one a week at a time, but I will give you a sneak peek. So here's a handy little guide to help you distinguish between the five love languages. Words of affirmation says, this is a good burrito. Acts of service says, I made you a burrito. Receiving gifts, here's a burrito. Quality time, let's go get some burritos together. And physical touch, arms around a person wrapped in a warm hug like a burrito. You're welcome. Okay, we have two more questions, so listen up. How can I discover my primary love language? This is where it gets super, super practical. Gary gives a few suggestions in his books for how to discover your primary love language, and I think his steps are really helpful. So here's what he suggests. Number one, observe your own behavior. How do you most naturally express love to others? Are you someone who gives a lot of compliments, a lot of hugs, gifts to people? How do you most naturally or most often express or show love to other people? Number two, notice your own requests. What do you ask others to do for you? Do you want your people to just be around you and go do fun things with you? Maybe quality time is your primary love language. Or would you rather someone just take out the trash or wash the dishes to show you that they love you? Maybe your acts of service. What do you ask of others? Number three, listen to your complaints. What bugs you in a relationship? Is it when people use a lot of negative or critical words and you value words of affirmation? Is it when people don't seem to have enough time for you or you're together, but they're more focused on their phone than on you? That one's quality time. Um, Does it bother you when you serve and serve and serve all day and it seems like they can't do anything in return? Okay, I think you get the point. Number four, ask yourself questions. What would an ideal dating relationship be like? What do I value most about my friends? And so on. So observe your own behavior, notice your own requests, listen to your complaints, and then ask yourself questions about the traits you value in others. And I think your primary love language may start to emerge from those answers. If you're already somewhat familiar with the five love languages, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, and acts of service, then these questions are a great way to help you think through what your primary love language might be. And you can use process of elimination. Maybe there's one or two love languages that you know right off the bat aren't as meaningful to you. Great. Cross those out and then use the questions to decide between the other three or four. If you're really stuck and you've thought through all the questions, but it's just not clear for you, or if you're brand new to this concept of the five love languages, then I encourage you to go online to fivelovelanguages.com slash quizzes, and that's the number five there, and take the quiz that best suits you. They have quizzes for couples, singles, teens, kids. It's quick and easy and free, and your results should give you a pretty good indicator of what your primary love language is and then also how much you value all of the others. It's not um, necessarily 100% accurate. It's best if you know, you're thinking through these questions and, and discovering it for yourself, but, um, but if you don't know where to start, that is a great place to start. It can be a really helpful diagnostic tool. Okay, last question. What is the love language experiment? 
The love language experiment is what we're calling the next six weeks at New Denver. This is um, just a series that's going to be way less about blowing your mind with new content because the love languages are actually really simple. They are not that complicated. The series is going to be way more about action and putting into practice what we're talking about on Sundays and doing it all together, committing as a church to do this the next six weeks. So here's what you'll need to do for next week. This is your homework for this week. Number one, figure out your primary love language. We just talked about how to do that. Number two, identify one to two people who are going to do this experiment with you. Have them figure out their primary love language as well. If you're married, you're going to do this experiment with your spouse. You don't have an option. I've already chosen for you. If you're single, choose one or two friends to do this experiment with you. If you are a kid or a student, do this experiment with your siblings or with your parents. This experiment is going to be the most fun if you have one or two people doing it with you. And here's why. Each week, you're going to practice the love language that we talk about that Sunday. So next Sunday, we'll come, we'll talk about a love language, and then that whole week, you're going to be practicing that love language on your people that you've committed to doing this experiment with, which means that they're also going to be practicing that love language on you. And I'm just saying, next week is gifts, so if you want to get presents next week, that means this week you need to figure out your primary love language and get one to two people to commit to doing this experiment with you, and they need to figure out their primary love language too. So number one, figure out your primary love language. Number two, identify one to two people to do this experiment with you and have them figure out their primary love language. Write down everyone's results, keep them with you so you can refer back to them. And then number three, tune back in next week and we will dive into our first love language. If six weeks from now, you are more aware of how you best receive love and how you default in giving love to other people, if you are giving um, the most important people in your life love in the way that they can best receive it, and if you have spent six weeks learning and becoming fluent in all five love languages so that you can um, practice them on your people, then we will have fulfilled our purpose in this series. And I really hope that you will not only listen to these messages on Sundays, but actually commit to joining us in this love language experiment so that you can kick off 2021 in community and with intentionality. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you that you are so loving. You never fail in your love for us. We know we're supposed to love others. We try to love others, but still we suffer miscommunication and disconnection with the people we're trying to love and who are trying to love us. Help us in these next few weeks to get just a glimpse of how you've uniquely created and wired us. Help us gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and of the people you've placed in our lives. Help us learn to love one another better and to adopt this new way of loving as we kick off a new year. Give us this reset in our relationships that we confess we need and remind us of your love for us every single day. Amen.